Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I am your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And uh, I am super excited to announce our first guest of Amateur All Tours. He is uh, 20... 20-year-old filmmaker who's just had his uh, debut in the film world with his independent film, uh, Tethered. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Chris Foster. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, and uh, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm really glad that this was able to work out. Um, so, yeah, and I, I'm just so enraptured by your story. Uh, I guess just... How I had discovered you, I guess I should say, was I was just uh, going along on Facebook, and I had seen your, it was like a shared video, I guess just Facebook was doing it, and it was your, a, a message to fi- young filmmakers, and I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what this is, so I clicked on it, and it's just that brief, like, two, three, four minute video, you talk, it starts off with you, uh, I guess you're, one of your inspirations with those uh with a twitter uh i guess uh a person about uh you she had a you disagreed with a statement she had and she responded pretty hostily to something that you had said it was pretty neutral yeah i respect your opinion and and then it just goes right in from there you made a you made a film two grand uh everything you wrote directed it got your actors and it premiered in AMC's in I know in Florida I believe and I heard in Virginia so that's awesome and and so I liked I, I shared the I shared the video I don't really share too many videos but I shared it um, I think I got an invite to your Facebook group you did an AMA on Reddit I reached out there and here we are uh, you said you were interested on the podcast and I'm super pumped that we were able to work that out Absolutely, dude. I love what you guys are doing here. I, I listened to a couple of episodes, and I think you guys are are good at just talking about movies. It's like it's not an easy thing to do, um, but it's it's definitely super entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's our that's our biggest goal, and that's and I know when we started this. Now we've always been like we said it in our pilot episode, but Brian and I have always been wanting to do a podcast. Um, we're actually planning on doing like a special episode where we talk about like solely podcasts. And so throughout high school, we were always like, yeah, we, we should do a podcast. And it wasn't until we came to, we reached like college, or like, you know, we should actually do this. And so like actually a year later, um, I think we just passed our our first recording episode. Yeah, like it was our, in August. Like anniversary. Sometime in August. Wow, we've been doing this for a yeah, year. So, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but so and now here we are with our first guest and we're super excited to have you here. I don't know, Brian, did you have anything to say? No, I mean, I'm. I was really pumped too, because I mean, I've I had the same exposure as Mike did. Um, I saw the video that he shared, and then Mike, I I saw like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I always can appreciate uh, young filmmakers, and also especially somebody who actually does it, because uh, we we all keep talking about we want to make films, we want to do it, and then it's really awesome to see somebody actually do it, and then actually be successful about it. You got it in, in 
theaters. Um, I believe, like you said, uh, Florida and also Virginia, right? Yes. Yeah. That, and that's that's what I know of. I don't. That's what it's what I've heard. So. And we'll um, hear more about that. So I'm. And I'm we'll like, get into that. Yeah. More as well. I'm really curious to hear your story. Um. And because yeah, your your tale is definitely inspiring for guys like Mike and I. And also, I appreciate you uh, giving us a listen and just saying. We somewhat know what we're doing. I, I, I like at least the little confidence boost right there. Um, sometimes we get a little frazzled, and I sometimes feel like we don't know, really know what we're doing. But, you know, you got to keep shooting at the hip, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, and great to have you. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you if you kind of – well, if you kind of, you know, watch that video, um, it – it kind of does, you know, sum up kind of what the story was. Um, but, you know, that's just a very small part of it. That's just like a three-minute video. Um, and, you know, like you said, I was – this was probably two or three years ago. I was talking to a girl on Twitter who, like, I kind of know. Um, I mean, like, we, we knew each other in school, and we weren't, like – I wouldn't say we were, like, best friends or anything, but, like, you know, we were, like, friends, I guess. Um, and, you know, one day she kind of just went off and you can watch the video just to kind of see what she said. Um, but it, you know, as soon as she said that, it was funny because I was like, as soon as she said that, I decided I was going to make a video about it. And I was like, I'm not going to tweet it at all. I'm not going to reply to anyone. I'm not going to do anything on Twitter until I post this video because I want the very next thing to be this video. Um, and that was kind of just like a very small part of it. I was already going to make a movie. I was already writing a movie. It's not like she tweeted this to me and I was like, Oh, well I'm going to go put a movie in theaters. And it was nothing like that. It was just kind of part of it. Um, you know, more full, you know, a, a more real part of the story is that I was living in upstate New York and I just graduated high school. Um, and I had this script that I wrote to be shot in one location um, and I had a house in Florida. It was my parents' vacation house. And in Florida, you can't rent anything during the summer. So they rent the house out, but in the summer they can never rent it out. So I was like, um, you know, can I go down and like take care of the house and also shoot, shoot a movie while I'm down there? Um, so that's basically what I did. And, you know, I went down there not knowing anyone, uh, and just pretty much found everyone online or through friends of friends of friends of people that I knew. Um, but, you know, just I wrote a script that that I could use whatever I had. And then I went down and found some people to help me make it, you know. Yeah. And I will definitely get more into that um, because that I think that is all really cool. I'm just going to ask, how did, did uh, at the end of that video, you sent her tickets yeah. because she in 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 the um, she said, oh, if you make a movie like that's good enough to be in theaters, let me know. Did, did she ever show up or did she just? decline or um so i had tickets set aside for her two tickets for her and a friend um ready to go and it's actually super weird how that ended up turning out she ended up like tweet dming me on twitter and saying like you know i'm sorry that that stuff happened in the past and like i think what you did is really cool um and i've definitely matured and stuff i was like okay yeah that's awesome and at one point you know she was like can you blur out my name because I don't want, if this gets, like, a lot of views, I don't want anyone to really bring it back on me. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's fair. So I blurred her name out. Um, and then 
shortly after that, when I thought, like, we were totally cool, and she was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to come to the movie, she deleted her Twitter, and <laughs> I haven't heard from her since then. So she oh, didn't show she up just to the like, movie. Just um, dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> pretty much. Um, like, I'm pretty sure she blocked me on all of their social media. So, like... <laughs> It's really weird. I don't know. I thought we were cool. Like, I thought it was okay now. And I didn't do it to, like, spite her, like, make her look like a bad person or anything. I just did it in hopes of helping, you know, other filmmakers um, if anyone is discouraging them or anything. But, yeah, that was really weird how that turned out. Yeah. I never saw that as, like, a malicious kind of thing. I just, she was the jumping off point and, but whatever, to each his own. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's, like, that's kind of, like, a funny end of that yeah. it's just like she's interested and then she just dropped off <laughs> but eh, whatever yeah like brian said to each his own and yeah so and we'll i guess we'll touch upon like more of this in detail but uh like i said earlier i want we really wanted to get to know you as a filmmaker a person because i think your story is great and it's something that i think a lot or if not all young filmmakers should hear so just starting, let's go way, way, way back. Just um, so like, just really, where are you from? And let's starting from, just from the beginning, and then we're gonna work our way up here. So because I think all this, I mean, at least as a filmmaker, like with with Brian and I, a lot of what we make is influenced by our upbringing, and and our upbringing influences what we watch and what we are exposed to. So, and I think that's the point of this discussion and interview is really to get to know you as a as a filmmaker so just uh yeah where how was uh what were you like what was young chris like (laughs) so i uh i grew up in virginia i was born in new york but i don't really remember being there too much um and then i i quickly moved to virginia and lived there for about 16 years um and you know i had two younger brothers i had a ton of friends in Virginia. Um, you know, I, I would shoot like little movies with my friends. You know, all the stupid movies that we all that we all do when we're younger. Um, as soon as we get a video camera, and um, I think that one of the big defining points for me was when I moved to upstate New York halfway through high school. So I moved there um, the summer going into my junior year, um, and that was kind of a point where you know going from having all these friends and doing all this constant stuff with filmmaking um, to then moving and not knowing anyone, that really just forced me to write, you know, stay in my room and write and make things all day. Um, Every day after school, just in my room, seven hours after school until 3 a.m., you know, just making things. Uh, And I think that that moving to upstate New York seemed like the worst thing ever, but now that I'm looking back at it, I might not have made the movie uh, that I did had I not moved. Um, so that was kind of the big points, uh, y- you know, for before making the movie. Um, and before that, you know, just making making really stupid stuff that I look back on now and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Um, but, you know, we all do that. We all start off that way. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I just have another quote because you said you were a writer. So what were you Were you a filmmaker first or a writer first? Definitely a filmmaker first. Um, I definitely just, I'd never, you know, starting out you don't have to write like 
lame little videos that you put together, uh, like commercials or like parodies of stuff. Um, so I definitely was a filmmaker shooting things, trying to get some cool shots. Um, and then later on writing, you know, my first short film and then it escalating from there after, you know, a short film wins a film festival. You're like, ooh, you know, you feel like you can you can do bigger and better things. So that's kind of how it kept escalating. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I totally relate with the like those whole uh like those videos that you shoot as like a young kid. I act, I actually remember one in particular that I think Brian and I did. We did like a um it was like a zombie short or I something. That. And I, was I always say think that. about it. I was going to say that one. It was, I and I always think about it when I ever I go home to that area and like uh we, and it's just it's I wish I had it. It was on VHS. God, no. It was so uh, one of those like destroyed. I'm glad. I'm glad it's. Yeah, and for I mean, it'd be nice to see, but I remember just like, it's funny because like in our backyard, like when we were like we had to be like, thirteen years old or something, and we like set and we were like super into like paintball and airsoft and stuff, and we used like airsoft guns as like the props. It was it was me, Brian, and and our buddy Steve, and we just like like oh let's go make a movie. We tried we <laughs> we also tried making like stop motion stuff, which was horrible. But y'all, y'all got to y'all, y'all start at one point, and it's I mean, and watching those like home videos, like it's funny, like what like influences you, but it's there's always has to be a starting point. Um, but no, yeah, I totally, I feel like a lot of young filmmakers definitely relate to just like getting a video camera, and it's, and I guess like and we're all, we're relatively all the same age, so I feel like our experience. What is going to be completely different to like young filmmakers now because everyone has like an HD camera in their hand at their disposal and we had these like crappy like DVD was huge but we had a VHS like thing that was from like the mid 90s yeah because you work with <laughs> and what so, you got, like, so that's what we had right we, yeah yeah and even before that you were with action figures right yeah. I mean yeah you, you don't have a camera you just play the action figures you're still you're still telling stories it's all it's all it's all the same. Yeah, that's actually yeah, a good that's point. definitely yeah. true. I didn't actually think of that yet because we played with toys a lot, and that, and then like, and then we we kind of got into we were reading, we got into bit, we we're big readers maybe in middle school, and that's where that really took off. But before that, yeah, we we always played with toys, and that yeah, that's that was our pre movies, uh, and then before we could yeah. get into everything else. Yeah, and like a good that's a good word like pre movies like like with action figures and stuff because you always in your head it's always like this is what it would be like if it was, like, cinematic, and you, like, fill in the shots, you fill in the editing, you fill in everything as it goes, it's very, like, stream of conscious, and it makes sense, it's like, this is the best thing I've ever done, and, oh, yeah, that's great, that's just, that's a nice bit of nostalgia for you, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so what about, so what about, um, so all throughout, so getting into Tethered, so you had this idea when you were in high school, correct? What was that? Oh, did you, so for Tethered, you had this idea when you were in high school, just like wanting to make a film. Right. Um, I kind of got the idea in high school, like probably junior year, um, and I went through so many drafts, but I kind of got the idea to, to shoot a, a no-budget movie um, and, you know, try and keep it in one location and try to have as, as least characters as possible. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. So what like um what films really influenced you when making Tethered? Because I know 
um, in the few shorts that I've made, and uh, I just recently, I was telling you the other day, Chris, I just recently finished a documentary of a um, of the swim team, my past, my last season, um, and that definitely, that had uh, documentaries that influenced me, that made me want to make it a specific way, and the shorts that I've been making, uh, like my first one, uh, Serial, that was, I, I was, I loved Dexter, and I was really interested in that, like, uh, cool, calm, collected, like, so, like, sociopath, psychopath, and, and then this most recent one, Through the Looking Glass, that was, I was just, I've been watching a ton of Twin Peaks and David Lynch, and, and I mentioned it in the Art Influences video, or episode, which I think was last week, we, I, ta I mentioned, like, a, like, a horror YouTube channel that, really influenced me on there so what what films initially in, influenced you when writing tethered um i think there's two kind of different categories that i had when i was watching movies for it um there's like a tone category and then there was things that have similar storylines um so things that have similar similar storylines would be like disturbia um buried uh rope kind of movies that take place in mostly one location. Um, and that was really hard to do, especially while I was writing. I was like, man, how do you keep an audience entertained when you're just stuck in a house or just stuck in a room? Um, and those are some movies that I watch for that. And then some movies that I watch for tone, I would watch stuff like Blue Ruin, Nightcrawler, which which I think we're going to talk about, um, Breaking Bad, uh, you know, Cohen Brothers stuff. Like, like really, I tried, I wanted to make it as real and, and raw as possible, but still have a comedy side along with the kind of thriller side of it. Um, so I think there's two different categories there when I was, when I was watching movies for it. Yeah, because I definitely can see what, because I, I, I've seen the film, um, and I can see, I can really pick up some specific like uh like films and like that like that really I could see where you were drawing your inspiration and um I was I'm I'm curious do you like Kevin Smith a lot Absolutely love Kevin okay, Smith Okay cuz I I felt like that whole comic book interlude was very like Kevin Smith like um like, like uh that like was that was like something like inspired Yeah right. uh, yeah and and um and and, and uh, that's and I and I was planning on doing an episode of Tethered, uh, whether with Brian or like a solo review. But I I think the natural like I really like the naturalistic like flow of conversation between your characters. And so and I was and that and I was just wondering which filmmakers really and writers um, that you that you really liked because that like it, it I couldn't like peg one be like that specific scene was like uh, I I said Kevin James but like later on. I definitely got a lot of because you use a lot of interesting uh, camera angles and you didn't and and I also picked up uh, like when it was uh, like a thriller bit you use a lot of different angles but when it was dialogue which I also really appreciate you had like one solid angle which reminded me of rope and uh, which which is all kind of like that like it's kind of like a play like Birdman it kind of has a lot of uh, continuous shots which is what um, that those specific scenes reminded me of right those I, I love shooting the dialogue scenes um and and that you know throwing the camera on a tripod and just facing it towards an actor and letting them go through the whole thing was 
you know, there's a couple reasons I would do that is not only style, but also we could shoot it faster. Um, you know, you get one shot, you get one or two takes from the same thing, then you don't have to do one or two takes of 18 different angles. You just have like a wide and then two dirty shots. Um, and then another reason was since I was controlling the camera, I, if I just threw it on a tripod and let it roll, then I could be able to direct um, I wouldn't have to focus on the shot, you know, moving around and making sure it's framed correctly and watching the lighting. I could 100% focus on directing, um, which which is why I'm more happy with the dialogue scenes because I felt like it, they're exactly what I wanted them to be because I could change anything I wanted to during the scene, whereas some of the action stuff, I w- definitely wasn't able to direct as much because, you know, when you're dealing with the... I'm so bad, like... Dealing with the camera, it's so hard for me to direct to. Um, so I love the dialogue scenes. They're my favorite scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brian, do you have any uh, specific questions? Because I know it's it's really been like... <laughs> I feel like I've been talking a lot, and I don't know if you have any specific questions well, like, um, or any like inquiries. I will watch this film because I really want to. Um, I just... Because I know Mike rented it, and... Mike told me to watch within this time frame, and of course I didn't because I just school started and I'm like busy with my own stuff. But um, I definitely want to review it with Mike and Chris. If you have time, you know we could definitely do a another one of these. Um, so I don't have any questions pertaining. I mean, I guess like to the content of the film because I haven't seen it yet. Um, I guess what would I guess the questions that are just kind of coming to head right now is I guess what was like the most challenging aspect to the whole production either like pre post or during so writing is really hard um this was my first feature length script so writing a 94 page script is hard on its own um that was really difficult i ended up bringing in a co-writer and and he did magic on that script and then for post-production the hardest was definitely uh, the fir- if you if you watch the movie in the opening scene, it's the scene in in downtown Fort Myers, and it's this huge like action scene, and it's a huge pain to shoot. Um, and we all woke up at like four in the morning and went out and shot it, uh, in hopes that we wouldn't get caught because we didn't have any permits. Um, so that was really difficult and really stressful. I look back at the behind the scenes footage of that and I'm like, man, I was being such a jerk. Like I was totally in my own head and like not paying attention to anyone else and just trying to get all the shots. Um, and then editing is really hard too. I mean, making a movie is so hard. Like, you know, you That's sit down with, <laughs> yeah, you sit down with a 24 hour timeline of usable footage and you know, you're just like, all right, well, where do I start? So um, that was really difficult. I think on the next movie, I'm, I definitely want to edit while I'm making the movie. So like edit after we're shooting so that it's, it feels like less, you know, I'm just editing what we did that day, not, you know, a month worth of, of footage. Um, so just making a movie is really <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I relate to that as well. I mean, just like with this documentary, uh, that was just like it was just I I I it's been in like and it takes such a long time to make a movie so I think the official timeline was like a year and a half so at the end of my freshman year I made like a short documentary for a video class that I was in and I was like wow I should I, this is kind of fun it was only 15 minutes and I didn't really like have too much going on with it it was just like kind of 
bare bones interview and then like some b-roll that i just had taken from archives it's like oh this is fun let's do something like that i'm really i mean i was passionate about that subject but i was like oh i'm even more passionate about this team so like the summer i was doing logistics and then i took six months of shooting the season and then i was making like little short videos in between just to like show the team like hey i'm not like i kind of know what i'm doing and also for good practice with like kind of experimenting with editing techniques and then this past summer was like the editing summer and I started like mid-July and I and I finished it last week so and it was just I had work I had work from seven o'clock in the morning to 3 30 I would go to the gym and then I would come home and just edit and it's like and one thing I learned about making a feature-length film it's just like and I've seen you like posting like those quote like your quotes on uh, your Facebook page and Twitter, and they're all so real. Like one of them that I really think of is like everything is worth it, no matter what you think, um, and no matter how, like what your doubts are, it's completely worth it. Because so many times it's like this sucks, this sucks, like <laughs> this is so bad. I just like they're not they're gonna hate it. But and now I'm done. I'm having issues exporting the damn thing. But it's uh it's done, and I'm just like, yes, like, I can sit back and appreciate it, I don't have, like, I mean, I'm not gonna have the reaction, like, when you, like, your favorite film, whatever that is, when you first watched it, and you were completely blown away, like, I'm not having that, which you're not, because you're, like, you're editing it, you, every, like, nothing is a surprise to you, so, uh, I'm trying to look at it with such, like, fresh eyes, but I, the filmmaking, it is hard to make a movie, and, but, it's also it's like the most rewarding thing and most draining thing at the same time because it just is so demanding especially as a director and an editor like when you do everything yourself like literally everything like writing directing editing it's and like it's just kind of you i it's definitely very hard to make a film especially with like a limited budget as well like that like i could only i could only wish like i had like a mil like e even just a million dollars just to like do something that would but even then that would probably still just be as hard but yeah it's very it's very difficult to make a movie but like you said it's completely worth it everything is worth it absolutely you're absolutely right yeah um, i'm actually just curious uh you guys mentioned the budget a limited budget what was the budget for uh your film for tether yeah it was two thousand dollars the production budget was two thousand oh wow okay was that of just out of pocket, or did you like manage to get funds elsewhere? Or I got a little bit of money um, from two people who got producer credits on the movie. Um, they're basically like paid for producer credits, and then that money, you know, went towards uh, the two thousand dollar budget. I think it was like I think it was like a thousand bucks probably, and then the other thousand was from me. Um, so. Kind of, I guess. I guess so. Um, but with, when it's only two thousand bucks, I mean, you know, no, you know, you don't really need investors. You can kind of save up for a little while and, and do it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And just I now I've I've seen a few of your videos on your YouTube channel where you like kind of discuss this. Um, I'm curious myself. I mean, in one of your videos, you said like you're not really so much the equipment guy, but did you buy your cameras? Now I could. I know watching the film, and I guess because I just kind of had the eye, because I've worked with like like GoPros and like uh, like cell phones and and uh, like 
uh, like actual cameras. Like I could I could tell when like you use different things, but that's just because I have the eye for it. Um, did you did like did you buy those or did you have those originally? Um, like did, was that two was that two grand filtered into like your equipment or was it just like stuff you had and you bought out of pocket beforehand? So I actually just finished an episode on um, gear. I'm posting like how to make a movie for two thousand bucks, um, and I just finished the gear episode. I'm gonna post it tomorrow, but. Um, I, so I had all of the gear beforehand, except for a couple things here and there. Um, and then anything else that I didn't have, I got from producers, people who came on, I think the H4N we got from a producer, um, we just borrowed it throughout the shoot. And then I had everything else beforehand from shooting weddings, commercials, promo videos. I, I accumulated this kind of, this package of gear, um, so that I didn't have to buy anything for the film. I wasn't going to, you know, buy an expensive camera or rent an expensive camera because I know I knew I needed that money for food for the cast. Um, so I already had everything. We shot on a Blackmagic pocket camera. We shot on a GoPro. Um, we had, I had an NTG2 shotgun mic. Um, so I, I pretty much had everything already. Yeah. And I, and I like, especially with, like, independent filmmakers it's like and i like how you're like you're behind the footage scenes it's just it's not any elaborate camera setups it's nothing like super over the top it's just you have a camera and it's like all right this is what we need we're gonna go uh and i and i kind of like that like simplicity because i i i know as an amateur filmmaker like simplicity is sometimes like your only tool that you have and you have to kind of work with that um with that limitation and sometimes you just get like a lot of great things from working with with like those simplicity um i always think back to like robert rodriguez like early like indie days when he was making uh like the uh, uh like from dust till dawn with like tarantino or i mean that's kind of a big budget but like the um like El Mariachi stuff, like that was all he did everything, and everything was really simple, just to cut back on money. And I always, I always liked it, or or like Christopher Christopher Nolan's following, like his first feature film. So simple. Sometimes the simplest way is the best way. You don't really need this like extravagant. Um, I mean, it helps, <laughs> especially for a vision. But um, sometimes it it really you're able to create really great things using simple things and now that i just thought about it one of we just talked we talked about it i think a month ago blair witch project that's like the epitome of nothing and and they made something from nothing yeah a lot a lot of it's also um like i mean you definitely we all could sympathize with this it's just like ingenuity and i guess just pure dedicate you gotta, gotta be a little crazy to make a movie uh you gotta have that drive and passion i mean even you like you said um you know guys like um I forget, you just said a Blair Witch Project, and, like, I was actually watching, like, The Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, the other day, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, these guys, like, Sam Raimi is, uh, like, a lunatic, and he made one of, like, the greatest, you know, horror movies ever made on, like, almost a zero budget, and it just, it just, you take your dedication and pride, and you, you gotta know what you're doing, but, you know, it's also, a lot of it is the drive and dedication to actually go and do it, and I feel like, especially in this kind of world, uh, a lot of, I feel like, because everybody is able to make a movie, I think it's just that fact that, like, the market's getting, yeah, you could argue that it's getting saturated, which is kind of, like, amateur stuff, but at the same time, it gives us 
moments to practice and reflect and then get better. Because whereas guys, uh, even like, I can't even imagine what it was like growing up in like the 60s and 70s with like Coppola and Scorsese and all those great, you know, all the greats where they just had to go get a camera and like kind of this, there was no other option. They just had to do it. They're naturally just brilliant. But I so it's like, I think um, the guy who... Uh, Landis, John Landis, he, the, I remember I watched an interview about him, and he, they were talking about, um, with like, what, it, what is your message to young filmmakers? And he said, um, the exact, basically what I just said, that it's, 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 it's incredibly easier for us to at least go and practice the art because of just the age of di- digital cinema. And I know there are guys like Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson who are, you know, die hard film, can't let film die. But I mean, it's kind of not our age, you know. I, that's why I'm all about digital filmmaking. But um, we can still learn a lot from these kind of greats. But I forget where I was going with this. But <laughs> no, it was a good. It was definitely a good. Uh, I thought, it, it, and I don't know. I just thought I thought you, what you said was appropriate and very well well said, and it was it pertained to what we're talking about. Yeah. So I'm trying to because I had. Uh, Watching Tethered, I was just like, this is great, because I've seen a lot of amateur films, and, like, I've, I submitted to a film festival, uh, which I unfortunately did not get into last year, but, uh, there's a lot of reasons why (laughs) I didn't think that, I mean, that I speculate, but, um, my thing with amateur films is just, like, sometimes they are just trying to copy, like, what they want, like, a big thing with, like, Tarantino and, like, like, kind of, like, that indie boom in, like, the 90s with, like, gangsters and, like, with, like, Guy Ritchie and Tarantino was that that created a lot of, like, copycats or, like, someone that wanted to make the next Reservoir Dogs or the next Snatch or Pulp Fiction, and that gets, like, really trite when I'm watching these amateur films of just, like, oh, like, people are not really having their own voice, and what I thought was really refreshing when I was watching your film, I was, like, this is a ki- this is a, this is a guy, a filmmaker, who has his own voice, and he's trying to make himself, like, he's trying to s- establish himself in a world where originality is something that's really hard to find. And... Yeah, so, I don't know, and I, I definitely do want to get back to... So, I, I have some questions about the production of Tethered, and I know you you make, you make have made videos all about it. I'm more interested in the casting, because I thought the casting of it was superb. Um, I thought that... Were, were you the casting director as well? I'm assuming you were, because you were... The direct, you were the director, writer. Uh, did you have a casting director? Or was it solely you, or, or you did you kind of have one? Because I thought your main casting of all the leads, I thought they all were great. Um, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the the actors' names off the top of my head, but um, I remember uh, Q. I thought was great. I th- I thought the main lead was great. I thought the villain, he was awesome. I, I I'm like he should be in more stuff. He he seems like a theater kind of guy, and he gave off a very naturalistic, like, not like, I wouldn't say it was like, it was, it was very real, like, I, I, when he was saying things, I didn't, I wasn't like, this guy's being over the top or campy, I was like, yeah, this is, this, I, this guy's very, like, a good actor, I thought everyone was very good, uh, and, um, like, the, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I thought the casting was great, so I was wondering how, like, that, casting process works because I in the video kind of have a, cl- a quick clip 
of of like oh find people that will work for food like and it seems like there's like a lot of different people so what was the casting like because i've never had to do anything like that all like in my shorts it's always been me and uh i've worked on a senior thesis my freshman year for my buddy who was graduating and again it was like we we pulled like a Ramiro. It was like when he made Night of Living Dead. It was like you cast your friends, you cast your buddies, and you see what happens. And like sometimes, like it really works out. Like my one, my one buddy Mark, who was a star of that, really killed it. And then our other friend didn't kill it. <laughs> but yeah, I was wondering how that uh, that casting process worked. Yeah, so I mean, casting is like fifty percent of the job as a director. Um, once you get a good cast in there, like it just makes life so much easier. Um, but when I went down there, I met a casting director named Dimitri Blanco, uh, and he ended up being a producer on the project and I met him online and he, he works at a production company. So he already knows like a ton of people. So that was like, that was one of the biggest keys to shooting the movie is finding someone who knows a lot of people who want to be in the industry, uh, in the area. So 80% of the cast w- was people that he had already knew or had worked with before. Um, and I basically, you know, went down there, we held a casting call, and I, you know, had the final say on who I wanted to pick. Um, we had two casting calls. We probably had a total of, like, 30 people show up, I want to say. Um, and, I mean, like you said, they all killed it, like... You know, Brian, who played Q, everyone talks about him. Everyone, every, you know, after the Florida premiere, um, Danny was there, who played Rich, uh, the villain, and people were literally like, they didn't want to go near him. Like, they, did, they, <laughs> like, they didn't know what to think. So, uh, when in reality, you know, he's the nicest guy, but um, that was pretty funny, and it just goes to show, like, how great these guys did, but... Yeah, I mean, they. I think they all killed it. Like, the chemistry that they had was amazing. Um, they were just, like, they were so great to have on, on, on the set. And they're all just good people, too. Like, when you're making a, mo- a movie for no money, you have to have really great people um, because they, they're all working for nothing. So, you know, at any time, they could just be like, I'm not coming back tomorrow, you know? Like, we're shooting for 30 days. At any moment, they could be like, no, I think I'm done. So, uh-huh. that you know, they have nothing to lose. Um, so just having good people on set is, is is the biggest thing when you're casting a movie, definitely. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm try- I had, like, so many different things that I was going to ask, and I'm, like, blanking, but, um... I'm trying... Oh, so how did... So what was your cat... So did you, like go out like did you pull like a paranormal activity and like just go out on craigslist and say hey we're trying to film a movie or did you like do that and then throw them out to like uh like the- local theaters like any like anywhere like i don't i don't know how like i, I guess if like production people have it like at a production labels like hey we're looking for some people to film or the cast in, a, in this like short in this uh independent film so yeah craigslist was huge um that was really great for casting some of the smaller parts that we needed. And then, um, you know, posting to stuff like there's a one called green room Orlando, which was like a, you know, a casting website, um, posting to literally every single website that any actor is on locally, you have to do. And then 
I did reach out to local theater groups, but a lot of them didn't seem interested, which was super weird. But when, you know, since I was in Florida, I was kind of near uh, Full Sail. You know, I was like two or three hours away from Full Sail University. So we had access to a lot of the actors who went there, too. So, like I said, a lot of it was through the casting director, but there was definitely, um, you know, Craigslist and any online websites were a huge asset. Um when people are, you know, people are looking on, actors are looking on there every single day just for like an IMDb credit. So, you know, and when you're in Florida and there's nothing else going around, going, going on in that area, um, that's a really big thing. Like you don't have to be in LA. You're going to find really good people because everyone's looking for stuff in their area and it's not there. So when you come along and you're like, I'm shooting a, a, a feature length thriller in the area and I'm looking for a lead, like people like that people are gonna try out for that they're gonna send in the, their audition tapes for it so that's kind of a big thing um don't ask for resumes for people because resumes from actors doesn't matter just have them send you an audition tape um mm-hmm. but other than that yeah i mean it's 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 not just picking one thing to find actors it's it's picking everything and utilizing everything because too many submissions is perfectly fine you don't you don't want a lack of submissions that's the key mm-hmm. and i don't want to go like too like i i love like this the the production talk and i don't want to take too much away from because i know you're produce like you're making videos about uh like how to write with a for a budget of two thousand dollars how to like you're making the gear uh but there is one more brian i don't i i have one more uh question about the production i don't know brian do you have anything more like do you have any questions about production uh not that i could think of I, I, think my last one. I think we're covering it all so you keep going. Okay. Because my last question about the production uh, was how did you end up getting the distribution? Because that's one thing that I was definitely, when you said, oh, it's premiering in theaters. And and, and I guess, like, how was, how? Well, I guess there's two parts. One, how did you acquire that distribution? And two, what was that like? Uh, that I'm, I can only imagine what that like coming into a movie theater uh i've seen your uh your like red carpet interview and i'm like i wonder what that feels like so i guess it's the two-part question what like how did you get that distribution and what was that what was the debut like first premiere like so honestly i don't know how to distribute a movie like i don't know how to basically the way i went into everything making this movie is I'm going to make this movie, and I'm going to make it happen no matter what anyone does. If I cannot find one person to help me, I'm going to make this movie. Um, I will act in every single part if I have to. I will do everything <laughs> I have to no matter what. Um, and that carried out even through distribution. So I said, I'm not going to you know, carry this around to people and, and show it to people and hope that someone will distribute my movie. I was literally like, okay, how can I get? how can I work directly with a theater and show my movie there? Um, so basically what I did was rented out a theater and then had, I sold tickets independently. So you basically just like renting it, you know, businesses do it all the time for a showing to their employees or whatever you want to do. So I did it basically and then sold tickets independently, ran ads on Facebook. Um, so that way I can make a profit on that theater. Um, I really just wanted to test this. I didn't want to do, like, ten theaters in Florida and, like, sell – like, I didn't want to deal with any of that. I basically just did 
showings where I knew I could sell out a theater. Most of the actors were in Orlando, so I did one in Orlando. And then I grew up in Virginia for 16 years, so I knew everyone in Virginia. Sold out both of those theaters. Um, and then, you know, you make profit on those. So, basically, if you want to distribute a movie, though, you'd go film festivals and then hope someone picks it up. If no one picks it up, then you kind of have to, like, figure it out yourself. Or you can sell the movie to a distribution company before you even make the movie. That's another cool way to do it, which is you go to distribution company and say, okay, I'll make, you know, I'm going to make a movie and then I'm going to sell it to you for $30,000 and I need you to guarantee that you're going to buy it from me for $30,000. I say, okay. So as long as you make the movie for less than $30,000, you're going to make profit on it. That's kind of the idea. And I think that's kind of like the safest way to do it. I obviously haven't done that. Um, but, um, that's really, I guess, how you would distribute a movie. I went really weird how I did it. And for the one in Florida with, like, the red carpet and stuff, producers set that up. They had everything good to go. Um, just to make – I wanted to make it a really big deal for the actors. That was kind of my main goal with that um, because they just, like, worked for free for, like, five months spending every single weekend with me. Like, that's that's a huge deal, and I wanted to kind of pay them back as, as best as I possibly could. Um, so I didn't, you know, and further than that, like self-distributing the movie, I would put it, you know, put it online in, in places and sell and pre-orders and, and do all these kind of things. I just made it so that I could do everything myself. I wouldn't have to rely on anyone else. Um, so, I, and I wanted to get it out to people as soon as it was done. That was a huge thing for me. Uh, I didn't want to go to a film festival and wait around for two years before I could show it to anyone that didn't, I didn't want to do that because... It's my first movie. I'm just trying to make it and show it to people. Um, mm -hmm. For the next one, I'm thinking only doing film festivals. So it's kind of interesting how that stuff works when you're you're building your career in the film industry. Is you you need to do different things based on your situation. So maybe in your situation, you should only do film festivals. Maybe in your situation, you should try and get distribution. Maybe you should distribute yourself. So it's it, there's a lot of different paths that you can go. Um, and I just chose the one that where I just did everything myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so what was, so I'm curious, how did you feel, um, with your first, like when you walk, I'm assuming you walk, I mean, you watched the film with like a, a, uh, theater filled with people. What what was that like? Because I'm, I'm actually, so I'm premiering my documentary for my team, which is now like 54 people. And I'm just like so scared of that. I'm just like, oh my, I'm excited, but like so nervous. So I can only imagine what you, like, I mean, I know that they're going to love it no matter what. Um, but I'm still like, I want to make a good film. So like, what was like your experience when it was like, you walked in and there's a theater. I'm assuming you like said a few opening words and then the, and then the film was playing. Like, what was that like emotional Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, um, so it was weird because I showed it in Florida, and the entire time, you know, I was down there for probably like a week before I showed it, and the entire time before I showed it, I was not worried about it at all until the day that I was going to show it, and then I was terrified. I was like... This is the I've never had that much anxiety and that much stress ever in my entire life. Not even close. Um, so, 
that whole day, you know, people are going to the theater and, you know, shaking hands and, like, meeting people and, and talking to people. Like, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember anyone I <laughs> talked to. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> but all I can remember is, like, when people would ask me, you know, dude, you made a movie. This is awesome. I'd be like, I'm terrified. Like, that's all I can say. Like, I'm so terrified. That's the only way to describe it. Um, absolute terror. Uh, and then even when, you know, like you said, I got in there and, and like talking in front of people, that wasn't a big deal. The only time I don't like talking in front of people is when I don't know what I'm talking about. So like Mm -hmm. last projects and stuff like that, like, (laughs) like I have no idea what I just did this project on, but I'm going to try and give this like talk about it. I don't know what I'm doing. That's what, that freaks me out too. But going up and talking to them wasn't a big deal. And then when the movie started playing, I was like, dude, I can't be in here while, while everyone else was like, (laughs) I had to walk out every, like. I was kind of in and out of there. Um, I, I, I especially came in for, like, the parts that I really liked and the parts I didn't really like, I'd leave. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was most of the time. And then after the movie is over, it's, like, the best thing ever. It's, like, the best feeling ever. Um, everyone's telling you how much they like it. No one's going to tell you that they hate it. You already know that. No one's going <laughs> to tell you your face anyways. So, like, after, you know, after the movie's over and the credits roll, it's, it's like... It's the best feeling ever. It makes everything that you went through for the past two years worth it, 100. percent Yeah, I yeah I can only imagine. I mean, like, other than like, I mean, I like I throw my stuff on YouTube. I mean, it's not. I mean, but since we're just getting started, like, I don't really have too much. Like, we don't have really much traffic going through a channel. But there's nothing. So I like there's that. But when I was in that film class, like, I was always nervous, and it was just a class of like freshmen of like uh 15 people and i was always like oh my god but it, and i understand like, it's your baby like especially with like a feature film like you've been you've been working on this this idea since you were in high school for like for, like three four years so you're finally at that that last stage and you're like oh man here like here we go like you're just in for the ride and then it's over and 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 you want people to like it and well, and so what was so what have you been gathering from? I mean, do you read like reviews if if or anything? Like, I'm assuming there. I'm assuming there's been some like people have been trying to post at least one or two reviews. I just came out uh, like a uh, just under a month ago. I think it was August fifth. So it's still like relatively new. Uh, have what? How, what's been the reception? More like have has this theater been getting like have they been telling you what the reception is or like? Uh, I know on your videos, people are like, man, this is great. You're an inspiration. Uh, so what's like the reception been to, I guess, tethered and like you entering the film world? So there's definitely, I mean, everyone who saw it in theaters, um, really, really liked it. And they posted on social media how much they loved it. Um, so I read everyone talking about that. I think I had one bad review, um, from a guy. I don't remember what his name is. But that was the only bad review I got. He said, I can't remember even what he said. So obviously <laughs> I don't really care. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, reviews are really interesting. It's like no matter – no, I don't know. It's kind of like having – it's like a kid, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> even if someone says that they hate your kid or like that your kid is a jerk, like I don't care. I still love my kid. So yeah, that's a good way I, of looking at it. I think that nothing really bothers me, but when people say that they like it, like that really makes me feel good. Um, 
but the negative stuff doesn't really get to me at all. Um, and people have been really cool with the stuff that I've been posting. Um, I've just been trying to like help, like I'm trying to post stuff that first of all, I don't see anyone else posting. Like I see film riot posting stuff. They mostly post stuff about like gear and stuff. And I don't, I don't know. That's, that's fine. Um, but I try to post stuff that the other people aren't posting and, and specifically that have to do with feature films. Cause I think that you have to make a feature if you want to make it in the film industry. Um, you just have to, like, you can't just keep making shorts. You're going to have to make a feature at some point. Um, so trying to help people and, and giving them content that I would have liked to watch when I was, you know, when I hadn't made the movie yet. Um, so coupled with that you know trying to promote the movie and get people to see the movie and hopefully people like it so people have been super supportive especially in that video like people that's how a lot of people have found me is is through that video so i had no idea that that it would be that big i thought that it would be bigger like only around my friend group and people who know that girl or people who just know me um, mm-hmm. I thought that they would, you know, really enjoy it, but I didn't, I never realized that it would go, um, so big amongst, you know, young filmmakers, which I'm really thankful for. Cause that's who I want to talk to. That's who, um, I love talking to. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we can, I mean, that's definitely one of my, like, like with this podcast and with like the YouTube channel, like I want to reach like, out to, like, young filmmakers, or just, like, people in general, like, I know Brian and I, for this podcast, we've been trying to create, um, a conversation with, with anyone that's listening, um, with iTunes, they don't really let you know, like, how popular, popular you are, or, like, like, that popularity bar, I tried looking up the algorithm for that, or, like, what, like, factors into that, and I can, I don't think anyone knows, (laughs) and so, like, I don't know who's reaching it, or like who's who's getting it um and the biggest thing like i just want to make sure that brian and I are like doing a good job i know like i know brian is also like a big believer in that and and so yeah i, I just really hope that we're reaching out to young filmmakers because that's like who we are that's how you and i are who me and brian are that's who like that's that's who we want to communicate with because i don't know there's I don't know. I think there's like people that they enjoy film, and then there's people like us that like, that, want to make like films. take it that next level. Uh, I think it's insane because yeah, there are definitely people who, at least especially in all, we all know those friends who's like yeah, like this is a good movie, and then we're like oh, what movie? It's like oh, it's a uh, whatever generic action movie. Like oh, okay, yeah, I can have fun with this. And then there's people where like they'll ask me. I remember I was on a date with a girl, and she's like, so what's your uh, favorite film drama? I'm like, well, you know, I love spaghetti westerns, and then I love, like, Chambar, which is Samurai, and then she's, like, went right over her head, and I'm like, okay, I need to, like, chill for a second, but, um, <laughs> so I was like, I can see the glaze in your eyes. I need to chill out. Sorry for that, but it's, so it's like there are people like us who will, you ask us a simple question, and we'll just talk ear off about whatever the hell it is, and so... That and that's yeah, like Mike was saying that. Uh, I know Chris, that's who you were reaching out to with your video. It's just uh, we're trying to reach this kind of like niche audience that not a lot of them are out there, but you're out there. And hopefully, if you're listening, you found us. And um, and also like it's also it's for other people just who can appreciate film, who just like talking about movies. I mean, that's good. That's good enough for me. You guys are awesome too. Um, and it's 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 like it's also really awesome to be 
part of this community because uh, I feel like film can be something that's incredibly overlooked as a, as a true art form and inspiration. And it's really awesome to like, it just find like a common forum to discuss something like that. And I, it's fun. And, you know, uh, obviously not everybody can do it, but as long as we keep this art alive, that's really what it's about. Yeah. And I think like, I think filmmakers are just like a different breed of people. I mean, like any profession, it's like different breed. Of, like I could say swimmers are a different breed of people. Like, um, filmmakers are a different breed of people. Doctor, like everyone, like every like profession is a different breed, but like, I, I don't know. It's just, I've like the, like this, everything we do is just like, I think our motivations, especially like, uh, amateur filmmakers, like we love to do this. It's a passion. We're not trying to like make money. I think if you go into movies, like wanting to make money, then you just, you're already dead in the water because I, I, I like film. I don't know. I just, I just feel like film is not, it's, 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 it meant, it's an art form. It's meant to be expressive. And I, I love the visual medium and what people can do. Like I, whenever I make a film, I'm always like, what can I do to like push the bar? Like with, I mean, I keep bringing up my own stuff, but like this, like with cereal, I tried doing, I tried adding to the genre that is like multiple personality. Uh, with through the looking glass, I tried to look at like schizophrenic behavior with this with my new short I'm going more into just as a teaser I want to do something with multiple personality disorder and and that's like that's such a saturated I think mental illness is such a saturated field and like because a lot of people just go with there and like oh we're gonna make a thriller or horror movie out of it I mean off the top of my head right now I think M. Night Shyamalan's new movie is about a guy with multiple personality disorder and it's a horror film like all right great that's we've seen that a million times before but so I I always want to try and add something whether it's through editing story uh just uh, sound I I don't know I just want to add something to this field and just kind of make being unique that's the that's the greatest thing i think when you make something you're like wow yeah that's also the thing with uh like you mentioned m night Shyamalan. m night Shyamalan isn't exactly a mover or a shaker in terms of uh film in my opinion uh but that's also the beauty of it in terms of how i watch a film or who i watch or what i watch it's usually nothing's really too avant-garde or too weird to uh really to fly off my radar unless it's like something that's like 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 um that's a uh, snuff or something like that that's like just i don't really feel like exposing myself to that but that's like the extreme situation but you know because th- you can really find some truly uh i guess not even inspiration but just different ways of looking at things even just through exploring film mediums even if it's like going to a place you might not necessarily want to go and that's really for anything I mean I know Mike and I have this kind of back and forth about Lars von Trier how uh, uh, I am now a converted uh, follower of his a very uh, I'm a disciple of Lars von Trier and I know Mike I've described some of the, the experiences I've gotten and they're pretty visceral but the fact that I was able to get that through you know images and music and whatever whatever um, I think is is amazing and even like film like guys like Nicholas Winding Refn this past summer we saw the Neon Demon and that is an inc- like I don't know if you uh, if you're familiar with that film Chris but it's it's definitely uh, an avant-garde 
is that's avant-garde as you can get. Um, and but it was still cool. And I and that's what I love about film is that there's always like a new medium to pursue. There's always something new to say, even if it's and you just gotta find it. You gotta find out how to say it. And that's what I think is so unique about film because there's so because yeah, you can write a book and you can be amazing at it. But that's you're like you're kind of limited to someone else's imagination. Um, that's what I love about film is that you put it all out there. You you take actors, you take the performances of actors, you take the music, you take the editing. There's so many different components and variables that you can just throw together in this hosh posh of just whatever, and then see what comes out of it. And that's what's just so cool about it to me. That and also you might not even know. You could uh, you could be sitting on a gold mine and it could just come out. You don't even know when. Um, and so that's that's all that's that was my allure to film and I think for every uh, I guess film buff and cinephile whatever alike I think that's always like the common thread that we all share um, just further uh, extend like further strengthening that unity that we all kind of share like Chris I've never met you before and I already feel like I could talk for hours with you you know you seem like a chill dude and I I definitely want you back on the show um, and so I, I like that I like that we can do this. Do you guys think that it's easier to see similarities in movies than it is in other art forms like writing or painting or drawing? I feel like, or music, or maybe, I I think like movies is definitely something that people get accused for stealing more than any other art form. Um, And do, do you guys think it's easier to see similarities in movies? I would say most definitely. I mean, because it's such a visual medium, and like like Tarantino, I, he's a perfect example. When I first saw him, I was like, oh wow, like he's great. And then I started watching. Like Brian introduced me. Um, we saw Seven Samurai last summer in in at the American Film Institute, and and then I was like, oh wow, like Kurosawa, this is really awesome. And I started watching more of it, and and I was like, wow, like. And then I started watching more samurai stuff, and then I started watching more kind of like just different films of like that genre. And then I was like, wow, I can see where like what influences Tarantino because like it's almost I don't want to say verbatim, but it's like very similar. So I think I, I think it's easier in film to see to like recognize who influences the filmmaker, but. Like, like for you, for example, I mentioned earlier, I was getting like Hitchcock and like Kevin Smith, but there's nothing wrong with that because you have your own twist on it. Whereas I think in like music and art, um, like right, for example, I'm looking at my wall of posters of different movies. It's like I have Frank Sinatra on my wall when he got arrested in the thirties and I have a Banksy up there and like street art. I think it's, I think that is, it's easier for people to be like, Oh, you're just trying to be Banksy or like street art. You're trying to, you're trying to do what they do and it's not your own. Whereas I think film, like you can take what someone is inspired by, like use a similar technique, but make it your own in the same way. So I think the answer to that question is that in film, I think it's much easier to tell like who influences you, but you can make it original. And also in music, like, I mean, I have a very eclectic taste of music, but, uh, I don't know. I think, I think if someone like, 
like for some reason I'm only thinking of like uh vanilla ice with his ice ice baby and I'm like that's like that's not being original that's not you you add a t at the end of the song and uh so I don't know I think I think in filmmaking there's more leeway but uh I think it's I think it's better to do it in film than like in like an art form and uh because I think in like art like traditional art it's you there's uh like in film yeah you can be like like a David Lynch where you could just have like or like begotten I don't know if you've seen that film that like it takes uh like one of the testaments like I think it's like Genesis and it like tells it in such a very odd and avant-garde way and I, I just think it's easier to do that in film and like make it your own so that's my answer I think I think yes but yeah, I think going with my answer I, yeah I agree that I, I, I it's also kind of different because we are cinephiles so I feel like for us it's a lot easier to tell uh, the, the tells and what who who's influencing who um, I definitely think because there's a lot more components coming together, like I just said, it is easier for films, for people who have the eye for it to catch. Um, because prose is pretty, like in literature, prose is, can be pretty, uh, it can be incredibly unique, but again, you're kind of, you're, you're always going to be borrowing from somebody like even I can, for my example, uh, when I, I'm a writer, uh, I've been writing since I was, since I could hold a pen and um, you know, the guys who I idolized at first, it was like a cycle, it was like Stephen King, and then, um, then I read Chuck Palahniuk, and then my style, like, became like a, you know, a little merging of the two, and now it's become my own individual voice, and I feel like, uh, filmmakers, especially guys like Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson, and, you know, on and on and on, the list can go on and on, even Sergio Leone, the brilliant Sergio Leone was full of, uh, throwbacks to Kurosawa, um, that, it's you take what you know and then yeah you give it your own little twist to it and that's and like people do that all the time but like the true uh masters of their craft can really like take something and then flip it and then put their little spin on it um but i feel like it's like it's a thing of it's a homage you're calling back to something that you love cuz people like who do that are us people like us so we're gonna definitely reference things that we like um just like just like you did in your film like that i'm hearing from mike and i'll I'll definitely see it when i watch the film um because we just like it we dig it and um so that's why we do it i believe and um i feel like it's another like wink and i i feel it's it's a wink to let you know that this is what we like but also that's how i got into guys like sergio leone and uh robert altman through guys like paul thomas anderson and quentin tarantino because they referenced this information and material um and they said like this is a this is a whole nother world of cinema that you need to experience and here's why and i'm going to show you why in my film and i feel like it's just like another kind of respectful thing of the art um and i feel like uh it's 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 proper when you kind of respect the fact that it's not yours and um so i dig that and um and i love and i and you can constantly recycle things and it's cool because it all depends on the perspective that you have so you could take one thing and then make it completely your own but you know where it came from and so i mean i guess to guess to answer the question ultimately is yeah i think it is easier to notice but i think because there's a lot more opportunity to do it and i guess it's, it might be easier to tell either like through a music cue, a quick cut edit, or I feel like it's a, it's a highly individualized art form. Like painting and art 
and literature, all of the mediums are like that, but I feel like it's accentuated in film because, like I keep saying again and again, there are so many elements that come into play. So that's my answer. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is my uh, long roundabout way of answering the question. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, had a, I had a similar, more or less prolonged way of saying yes. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so I'm trying. I think that's all the questions that I, I have think, about. I think we have. I think I guess I'm out of questions too, Chris. Are there any more questions for you? Because I have one more thing. Once you're finished and asking questions, I think I'm good, man. I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is really fun. Awesome. Okay, so I guess to end off the show, I guess we're gonna run you through what I like to call a gauntlet. Is basically like we asked me and Mike on our pilot episode. We asked each other a few simple questions regarding. I guess to, it's kind of like the, um, what is that test in Blade Runner, where it's like you... Oh, oh damn it, I, I, I know exactly it is, what it's it like is. It's kind of like that, where we ask you questions to kind of like gauge your personality in films, and so, Mike, do you remember what they were? I kind of forget. I kind of remember like the gist. Oh, like the questions yeah. for like, what is it, like the Weitkampf test or whatever? Yeah, I fucking go. butchered that. But, um... So, I guess, from what I can remember from our pilot, because I actually just listened to it to, to the other day, because I like to see, especially with a year later, I like to see how we've progressed, and I think we've progressed in the right direction, and so, our, I guess the first one that I'm interested in, so, what are your, like, favorite films? And, I mean, we've we've gone over some that influence you, but, and I actually, I think I read this in your AMA that they're it's always changing, which is great with film. Uh, so, like, what are your favorite films that, that as of now, or if there's any that, like, will ever, like, that are solidified? Because my number one will never change. It's always, it always will be until the day I die, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, George A. Ramiro's. That is, that is my pinnacle, number one, never, ever going to change. Uh, so do you have, so what are your favorite films right now, or if you have any films that, are your like they're set in stone i don't have any that are set in stone they're constantly changing um and i like to think about it as like oh i really like like uh, movies are coming to my head like oh i really like that movie i would totally watch that for like the 20th time like tonight um some movies that are coming to mind like seven um toy story um (laughs) You know, Fight Club, Pulp Fiction. Um, I really like Ex Machina that just came out. That, or not, that, didn't just come yeah. out. It came out like a year ago. That was a very good film. Um, I will say that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, movies that, like, randomly just come to me that I'm like, yeah, I really like that. I think I put in my AMA, I really like Iron Giant, um, anything by the Coen Brothers. So yeah, it's always changing. Mm-hmm. So I always have a different answer. Yeah, yeah. like we'll be talking about Nightcrawler uh, in the next episode with you and I. Uh, yeah, so it seems like it's a very like just from what you listed, like an eclectic taste. Like you had like uh, like it was like Fight Club, or you you went from Seven to Toy Story. Like that, like yeah. complete <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. So um, no, and like there's that's great. I mean, I I mean. There's nothing wrong with, like, whenever I ask someone what, like, whenever someone asks me what my favorite movie is, I'm like, you're, you don't want to know. I mean, like, you're, you've, A, never seen any of them, and 
it always, but whenever I do, it always shocks people, and I think that's, like, that's fine, I mean, I, uh, like, just running it for you, like, my, I always, I always have a top five, it's always the top five, because, I mean, Dawn of the Dead always is going to be number one, but I always have, like, other movies that are close, and as of now, it's Whiplash is number two, um, Space Odyssey, Mad Max for Your Road, and then The Sound of Music, and The Sound of Music always throws people off, but, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, and I think that film, especially, it's such a evolving medium, and, like, like today, like, one of my classes, it's about the mafia, and it's a two and a half hour course, because it's only once a week, and today, we watched a film from 1906, and, and it was ten minutes long, and just seeing that i'm like wow like that's great and like next week we're going to be watching the original scarface and then is we'll that be the watching the godfather no 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 uh we'll be it's 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 uh specifically um oh wait which the one from 1906 yeah is that the moon oh, yeah, you're, ta- you're, you're talking oh well about that's trip that's to trip moon. to the moon yeah 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 but um the one that we watched it was more about since it's all about like the, the mafia and like the sicilians and like italians and all of that and um, this was about, um, kind of how, <laughs> how, how, like, kind of racist people were, and, like, how they, like, stereotyped, like, Italians and, like, Sicilians, but it's interesting watching, like, a film from 1906, like, 10 years after, like, I guess, like, the invention of, like, film and cinema, um, and, like, that, like, that was what was popular then, and now it's, like, Avengers, CGI fest, like, good CGI, or, or like, um, it's just, like, a wide array, there's, like, so many, like, genres and sub, sub-genres of film, and so it's constantly evolving, and there's always a film that comes out where you're just, like, completely blown away, so, no, yeah, I think that's great, I mean, there's nothing, I think knowing films is definitely something, like, just seeing, just seeing as many films as possible, like, that was one of the things I did this summer, was, like, I, we did a lot of first impressions, um, where we went to theaters and saw, like, just a wide array of films, and then at home, I, I watched, like, tons and tons of movies that I'd normally, I was like, you know, I'm gonna make it a point to sit down and watch, like, movies, like I mentioned earlier, I worked five days a week, and I went to the gym, and then Saturday and Sunday, solely movie watching so no i think that's i think that's i mean what you listed are all great and uh so i guess we'll move on to what like specific directors do you kind of go to when you're like if you're just looking for inspiration what's like a go-to director that you'll be like all right uh, i'm gonna watch a film and they're going to inspire me and then i'm gonna go write like 15 pages of a, of a manuscript Definitely, um, Coen Brothers are probably my favorite directors right now. Um, can't go wrong with Tarantino, Jeremy Saunier, who did Blue Ruin and Green Room. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Jeff Nichols. Uh, the Duffer Brothers, who just did Stranger Things, yeah. like that was insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like it's never like there's a couple you know different directors that i'll watch but i'm always looking for new directors to check out like i can't wait to see what the duffer brothers do next like i'm so excited about it um so just like whatever is coming out next and looking for like i love directorial debuts like i love 
getting a little taste of someone's um, style and then in their next movie seeing that like amped up. I really love that. Um, but probably the biggest one is Coen Brothers. Mm. Yeah, yeah and I can see that. They, they have a lot of very unique and great films. And I guess my la- I guess like one of the last questions that I can think of were just like who are your favorite actors and actresses? Um, I think I've I've I have like three actors and like and, and I always have like a pinnacle like two favorite act- actresses. But like who who are people that like that will sell you on films? Like you don't have to know anything that it's about. Like you'll just be like, yep, that they're in there. I'll go see it. Um. Ty Sheridan is probably one of them. He was in Mud. He was the kid in Mud. Um, Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I'll watch anything that he's in. Um, (laughs) And I need to pick a girl, too. Um, I really like Anna Kendrick. I think she's really funny. Um, She's also very beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that helps too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And can't go wrong with Scarlett Johansson. But, yeah. I mean, there's there's honestly not a lot of actors who I'm like, I need to go see that. Because I lately I've, I've seen actors and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you do- – I mean, I re- – I used to really love Tom Cruise back in like the really like early early two thousands. Like I love Tom Cruise, and then he just started doing the same crap over and over again. And it's like, man, like just do the same thing over and over again. Um, definitely, young actors. I'll, I'll always try and go out to see. I love watching like twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old actors go out and just completely dominate a movie. Um, mm-hmm. That's so interesting to me, which is another reason I love. Yeah, I was gonna say they, they those um, kids killed it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's really fun. You know, Brian Cranston. I love seeing anything that he's <laughs> in. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know. It, I it's I have such a hard time picking one person. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like I think mine. I I as of now I've added to the list. It, it's like you and McGregor, Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter. Because he's just, oh my god, he's great. And he was in Six Feet Under, one of Brian's favorite show, one of our favorite shows. Um, Michael Fassbender, he's just, oh man, he's just so, like, I don't know, he's just so mesmerizing. And, I, and, I mean, there's a lot of actors that I, like, really admire. Uh, like Daniel Day-Lewis, like, he's just, anything that he's in, you're just like, Yep, Jake Gyllenhaal, which we'll get to in Nightcrawler, because I have a lot of things about him. Uh, actresses, I, I I love Emma Watson. She is like a, she's a great actress. She's gonna be in the new Beauty and the well, Beast, yeah, in, like 2017. Which we will see and have first impression. Which I'm definitely gonna go yeah. see. I mean, Ewan McGregor is also what? in there, so it's a great that. like double whammy. He? Yeah, he's he? um the candlestick, Jacques or whatever. Oh, I feel like I knew that. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, that's that's great. Um. Oh, what's her name? Uh, she's in Mad Max. Oh, Charlie Theron. Shaved her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Theron. Oh man, she's great too. Like, there's just so many people that I I don't know. I just think I love actors doing their thing. Like good actors doing their thing. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think those are like the like these questions that we just asked are like the like the like uh I feel like every movie like cinephile should really if when when they come together these are the questions that at some point in the discussion have to be asked but um I mean you know we already know that you know your salt like this isn't like uh like a probing you or anything like you made a movie like yeah. you don't need to be yeah, like a, oh is he made a movie is he up to snuff with yeah it's like come on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, all right. Before we see if you're legitimate, like, who's your, what's your favorite movie? I mean, if you said like Transformers Four, then maybe we'd be like, oh, okay. All yeah, right, and that was but... the show. Nice having you. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, teach his own. But yeah, so I think that's the episode. Um, I, cause I don't have any more questions. Brian doesn't. Chris, if you have any questions for us, um. No? Alright, so no, that's so that's the show. Uh so once again, Chris, thank you for being our first official guest on Amateur All Tours. We super pumped to have you. I thought this discussion went uh pretty well. Uh we got to know you as a filmmaker, uh learn more about the like the movie biz a little bit. So I think and I think this is great just overall Everyone learned something. I learned something. Yeah, Brian I learned, learned something. <laughs> People that are listening, hopefully, are learning, and hopefully, they're inspired to, to, like, yeah, you know, I can, I can do that. So, absolutely, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I apologize so, for not being able to. I, I will just say for those who are listening, I will not be able to attend the uh, Nightcrawler uh, talk, but I'll be around. I'll be around one of these other times. So, because I feel like this went really well, and. Uh, like I like I keep saying, we would love to have you back when you when you're not too busy uh, being a director, living your dreams and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I really do appreciate it. It was really fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. So until uh, next episode, Chris and I will be back and we will discuss Nightcrawler and we'll have just another fun discussion. So thank you for listening and tune in next week. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at The Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, The Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again. (laughs) 